welcome to the TechLink Health Podcast, an on-demand source for the top trending healthcare topics and insights, delivered by key opinion and emerging leaders and as featured on the TechLink Health app. The healthcare industry is rapidly evolving, so our goal is to connect listeners to the most relevant insights, ranging from digital health to financial well-being to interesting side gigs. For more details, visit www.techlink.health. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the TechLink Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Sarah Saman, and I'm excited to bring you this episode with Alexis Galati. When thinking about holistic health and well-being, there are a number of factors that go into the happiness equation, ranging from physical and mental health to financial well-being and professional vitality. So today's episode is a continuation of the TechLink Wealth series and focuses on the financial well-being and professional vitality aspects of the happiness equation. From a financial perspective, particularly with physicians, the financial path to wellness looks and feels very different. And that calls for a unique approach to build strategies that manage the complexities associated with the profession. This episode's guest is Alexis Galati, a tax strategist and a published author. She's the founder of Cerebral Tax Advisors, which is a company dedicated to facilitating tax strategies for medical professionals through education and planning. Cerebral Tax Advisors was founded from the personal experiences of Alexis when handling the finances for her family, while her husband, a now-practicing neurosurgeon, was focused on medical school and training. The Cerebral Tax Advisor's mission is tied to stepping outside of the emotions of finances and using cerebral thinking to delve deep into the tax strategies that will allow clinicians to keep more of their hard-earned money. Alexis has a Master of Business Administration and a Master of Taxation from Suffolk University, with an emphasis on estates and trusts. She's also the author of Advanced Tax Planning for Medical Professionals, a concise guide to tax reduction strategies. It goes without saying that Alexis has a passion for helping clinicians achieve a greater level of financial freedom and wellness, and we look forward to hearing her perspectives. So without further delay, we're excited to welcome Alexis Galati to the podcast. Alexis, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah. I'm excited to be here. So to start and to give our listeners some background, can you take a moment to introduce yourself in a bit more detail and tell us about your journey into the tax strategy space? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee, originally from Massachusetts, but my husband and I got married in 2006 while he was in medical school. (laughs) He did his medical school down in Georgia, and we actually did his, he did his residency up in Rochester, New York. And during all that time, I had earned my undergraduate and my graduate work, et cetera, and my enrolled agent licensing as well. And as he was in residency for neurosurgery, I had seen the writing on the wall. This was probably about year five of year seven, <laughs> the very long residency that I saw he and I were going to be changing to a very different tax bracket. I had been working for years at that point, over 12 years in local and regional CPA firms. And they had done a really great job teaching compliance, but I saw you know this jump in income 
that my husband and I were going to be going into a lot of like a lot of my clients and just physicians in general, like right after residency, how are the Bill Gates and the Warren Buffett's of the world at that 15% tax bracket? So that's what I wanted to find out. And that's when I went out on my own in 2014. Cerebral Tax Advisors was born and it, we organically just started growing in terms of working with physicians. And that's what really fueled me was to help other physicians that were in a very similar situation as my husband and I, you know, find out how we can save money more of our hard-earned money. Because especially during residency, four months of my husband's residency income were going to taxes. So four months out of the year, that's insane. So basically, as soon as I realized, okay, I needed to do more than just know how to prepare a tax return. That's when I started really investigating tax strategies. So then that way we could save more of what we earn and have my clients benefit from it as well. I'm also a very organized person and a very, I like things to be easy and I like things to be efficient. That's why I love working with technology as well when it comes to trying to help increase that tax savings and make it something easy for everybody to do. Fantastic. Yeah. Organized, easy and efficient. Those are three key words that I think most physicians can relate to and, and aspire to. And we're not taught financial management or business principles in medical school or residency. At least speaking for myself, I had zero training in these sorts of things. Uh, I can see how shocking this all must have been to your husband and to have you there to walk him through that must have been uh, a huge benefit. So tell us more about your cerebral tax advisor's philosophy and what are some of the high-level strategies that you focus on? What role does that play in physicians creating a greater sense of financial well-being? And also on the flip side, what are some of the negative implications of not taking a more proactive approach to financial wellness? We know that burnout is on the rise. It's a huge problem in healthcare. So tell us more about your thoughts here and whether there might be a correlation between the increases in burnout and financial wellness. Yes. Yeah. There's definitely a correlation between burnout and financial wellness. So to start with just Cerebral's philosophy, basically, I like to come at our clients through education. At Cerebral, we don't sell any products. We don't take any commissions or kickbacks. Everything is purely educational and the strategies we provide are court tested, IRS approved. We don't do anything on a tax return. We don't feel comfortable defending in an audit. So we're having to play in the gray areas, don't get me wrong, but we have to feel comfortable defending it. So with this philosophy, as I mentioned before, that's where it's more important that you just are educated on it and you at least know of the strategy, even if you don't want to move forward with it. That knowing is more power to you. When it comes to the, the high-level strategies, we focus on everything from just even the basic strategies where you know, like hiring your kids or retirement, entity selection. It's amazing how many physicians and, and just business owners in general want to focus on all the fancy things, all the flashy strategies when it's like, no, you need to focus on the baby things first. Make sure you're doing those well and because those really will add up to a lot of amazing savings. And then you can start doing more high-level strategies. The role that it plays in physicians creating greater sense of well-being in terms of just tax strategies and 
knowing their options and with burnout and well-being, face it, it's you're working to the bone and your half of your money is going towards taxes. It's going to stress you out and you're dealing with your family and stresses your family out. You're not being able to spend time with your family. So being proactive and planning throughout the year is going to give you a sense of organization, a sense of power that will allow you to not only save money, but reduce the amount of time that you are having to work. And so it also allowing you to, depending on the strategies that you want to go into, like if you want to start your own practice, you know, yes, it's very stressful to start a practice. Don't get me wrong. But there's also a way to to have it set up. So then that way it's successful from the beginning and you are not having to go and worry, overly worry about all the steps. Yeah, that's great information. Physicians are vulnerable to scams or misinformation. As you mentioned, just that exhaustion of working through the day and then coming home and just not having the time or feeling pressured to keep up with with the type of information that we need to be smart about finances. And that can keep them often from carefully considering their options. So it's apparent that your philosophy directly influenced your book, Advanced Tax Planning for Medical Professionals, A Concise Guide to Tax Reduction Strategies. So tell us more about the journey leading into publishing the book and if you had to summarize the top themes from the book, particularly those that physicians need to hear, what would those be? The overarching theme of this book is education and just awareness of many of those strategies. It really was a labor of love and just a brain dump of pretty much all the strategies that we like to use here at Cerebral. I wanted to have it out there so that healthcare providers and business owners could have a place where they can at least be introduced. And that's, again, that's the most important thing is just even having an idea of it and then being able to go out and research it or talk with a professional to see if it would apply to your situation. Many people that I talk to, they'll say, hey, we read your book. It was great. I got so many different ideas from it and I can start implementing them right away. And so that's the important thing. That book was probably about a two-year process for me, just wanting to make sure that everybody had an idea of what was really available out there for them without having to through the TikToks and the YouTubes of the world to know, hey, is this actually legit? Because you, you never know <laughs> when you go the social media route, especially. Yeah, that's so true. It seems like everybody's got their own little twist on it. And yet a lot of these people that are giving out advice are not tax professionals or financial professionals. And it can be hard for a physician who doesn't know which direction to turn to know how to sift out the truth from the hype. So let's take a step back for a moment and think about the broader theme of leveraging these tax strategies to help with the accumulation of wealth. So broadly speaking, what practical advice do you have for all levels of taxpayers? Since we know physicians and others start at the very low end of the scale before they progress. And then on the flip side of the question, what advice or strategies can you share for those that are wanting to employ these kind of strategies for the highest level of wealth preservation. As you mentioned, what strategies are the Warren Buffetts and Bill Gates of the world using that maybe we can put into effect ourselves? Yeah, yeah, great question. 
So straightforward, out of the box, the tax code is made for those that have businesses. It's just, that's how it, it works. But there are some strategies that even if you don't have a business, you don't have 1099 income, you don't, you're not doing locum tenens or you have a side gig, et cetera, that you can be doing to make sure that you are maximizing. So, you know, maxing out retirement is a basic strategy. If your employer has any sort of matching, you have to make sure that you are matching to that retirement. So if they're giving 4% based off X amount, make sure you're putting that in. With any other benefits that your employer is providing, HSA, so health savings accounts, flexible spending accounts, medical reimbursement plans, any sort of expense reimbursements. You want to make sure that you know your company's policies around that. So then that way you can take advantage of your personal expenses being reimbursed through them as pre-tax deductions. You'll also want to take advantage if you do invest and maybe some tax loss harvesting. That's a very easy way for you to take advantage of your capital gains. And if you have children and your state offers a 529 plan, many states offer a deduction or credit against your taxes as well. So this is a great way for you to save for your kids' education, but also be able to get a deduction in the process. And it's very easy to just go online and just Google 529 plans in the state that you're in and see what the tax benefits are. Now, what I do recommend a lot of taxpayers do, physician clients do, if they don't have W-2, is to see if you can go out and try to find some sort of 1099 income as an independent contractor. And that might look like if you have a W-2, maybe you're able to single out or allocate out your call pay, for example, or your RVUs and have that be paid as 1099. It really all depends on who your payer is. I have clients that will go do locum tenens work once a month. Usually they're paid about $5,000 a weekend. One weekend per month, and you're looking at $60,000 for the year. You have about $50,000, 60000 of 1099 income, then you're able to go and use entity selection. You can start a retirement plan. You can go and hire your kids. You can write off their home office, vehicle expenses. You know, just trying to make as many of your post-tax personal expenses being pre-tax deductions through your business, as long as they're obviously a legitimate deduction. But this, it's a really great way, especially for you to write off a lot more, which you just don't get that privilege when you're just strictly W-2. And that can even apply to those that are in a large partnership with a whole bunch of physician owners, like 100 physician owners, that's going to act more like a W-2 than a 1099. So you might have to still even look for income as an independent contractor as opposed to having the K-1 income from your partnership. Oh, that's such a great point. And I think those are things that maybe physicians don't always consider, and yet the tax savings sound like they could be substantial. And then the other ideas that you talked about that require a small amount of forethought that can pay off a great deal in the future. And that's why planning towards the beginning of the year is very important because a lot of these strategies you can't implement after the end of the year. So going and starting as soon as possible is critical to making sure that you are taking advantage of as many savings as possible. Yeah, it's so important. And I, I've been surprised how much misinformation there is around 401ks. 
and even skepticism, which is a shame because you're basically leaving money on the table, as they say. So yeah, just understanding where all of this comes from is really important. So when thinking about wealth preservation strategies globally, I know that's not your area of expertise. And of course, that will differ based on geography, where in the world somebody is. But what are some of the broad themes that might be applied globally? What are things that people might be thinking about who may not be based in the United States or those who might be living here now and perhaps ultimately have residency or operate in other countries? Yeah, yeah. So when, if you live, if you're an American citizen and you live overseas, there are some benefits in terms of foreign income exclusion. I believe for 2023, it's about $120,000 right now, but it does change every year with inflation. But basically that allows you to work overseas and exclude that much money from your income here in the US. If you do get taxed over there, then you do get a foreign tax credit as well. I do have clients that are here working in the US as physicians, but they might have a property over in India or a property or just overseas in general that they rent out. And so that income, if you are a U.S. citizen or you have a U.S. tax obligation, depending on your status, you do have to pay tax on the income from that. But if you do have that over there, you would be, might be able to write off other expenses as well associated with it, just like a rental property over here. So Overall, they, you have to check and see what sort of treaties. But yeah, it's important to look, especially if you're thinking about moving overseas, what sort of strategies might be available to help mitigate your income over here, which might even be if you don't want to pay U.S. taxes, then you live overseas and maybe drop your U.S. citizenship, depending on the tax system over there. But you want to try to take advantage of the tax arbitrage as well between the countries. Those are really important points because it's easy to see how somebody could get in trouble if they didn't follow through on either reporting a certain income or keeping track of things that might be going on overseas that might impact them financially. So just highlighting the importance of having a financial professional on your side. Thank you for sharing these valuable insights. And I do want to dig deeper into the topic of side gigs because that's something you mentioned with the 1099s. And one of the initial premises behind TechLink Health was to engage with independent practitioners that are involved with side gigs or are interested in doing side gigs or locum tenens type of work. And that type of work has really been on the rise, I think, for physicians over the last few years. So along these lines, what types of activities are you seeing your clients involved with? And how do you see that changing in the future? And uh, just looking far ahead into the future, what will we see in, say, 2035 for independent practitioners? Sure. Well, I wish I had a crystal ball to <laughs> to predict what, what would be happening. My guess is that it'll just continue on the trend that, that you mentioned is happening. And I'm seeing more and more physicians going from a hospital setting or even private practice setting to doing locum tenens or telehealth. I have clients that do consulting for other practices or companies such as medical devices. And <laughs> I even have some clients that have started getting into franchises into completely different categories and industries. I have one that's doing mobile dog grooming and another that's open up a franchise restaurant. So it, it just depends upon what your interests are for you and your family. I definitely feel that 
doing something as easy as, uh, I shouldn't say as easy, but as natural as like doing locum tenens or the consulting probably makes more sense because you're not learning a new craft or learning a new industry. Going into the restaurant industry, for example, that's a completely different ballgame. It's a completely different world. And so I usually encourage my clients to find something that's related to the work that they're doing or interest or hobby. So I have a client that works with horses, buying and selling of horses. And that's actually something I do as well. So that worked out very well. I'm able to, to instruct her. But yeah, so it, it, you can make a business out of your hobby even depending upon what your your goals are. And you just have to make sure you have that business intent and that you are trying to go for a profit. So then that way, the hobby loss rules don't come into it. But I imagine that probably by 2035, there's going to be a lot more private equity <laughs> scooping up a lot of practices, unfortunately. But I'm also seeing, like I said, a ton of people going toward locum. They're, they're seeing the writing on the wall because of that burnout and being underpaid. The locum tenants just really allows them to control their schedule and allows them to, to, to be paid more. Even though you are having to pay for your own health insurance, and setting up your own retirement, you, you just have a lot more control over everything. Yeah, we're definitely seeing that emerging and um, that hybrid style physician becoming more prevalent. And again, by hybrid, we mean often the type of situation that you're talking about clinical as well as non-clinical activities, but also these locum type of situations. And so a lot of your clients, it sounds like, do you have those sort of career paths that are aligned not only to their interests in, in medicine, but perhaps to their other personal interests? And tell us a little bit more here, what advice do you have for these physicians that do decide to take their own unique path and perhaps people that are later in their career journey that are looking at diversifying? Start your business correctly from the beginning. That's probably my number one advice. It saves a ton of headaches and money. A lot of people will just say, hey, maybe I'll just start as a sole proprietorship and don't even worry about doing like an LLC, et cetera. Correct. The LLC does not, and that's a limited liability company I should mention, does not save you any additional tax, but it does help with liability somewhat. For most physicians, you still have to have your malpractice insurance, so make sure you have that. But the biggest reason to start out with the LLC is the flexibility because the LLC or the PLLC for some states that require the PLLC, which is a professional limited liability company, this allows them to choose whether to be taxed as a sole proprietorship, an S corporation, a C corporation, or if you have multiple partners, a partnership. So it's better to just start out as that, pay that little bit of money for the LLC creation. And so then that way you're able to have that choice later on, depending on how much you're making. The other items are keeping business and personal finances separate. I see so many business owners or physician practice owners commingling their business and personal funds. So having a separate credit card, having a separate bank account, separate savings account for your business is extremely important to one, show that business intent and allow you to keep your business and personal finances completely separate. Keeping receipts is also really important. If you don't have the receipt, then the IRS can technically go and deny your deduction. So having that is extremely important. And then, of course, prioritizing retirement. I have so many clients that will prioritize their kids' education 
over their retirement. And you got to remember that even though we don't want it to happen, if we need to, you can go and take loans out for your kid's education where you can't take a loan for your retirement. So setting up that 401k, looking at the cash balance plan, looking at other defined benefit plans is really important to help accelerate your retirement. That's extremely important advice. I've definitely seen that in in positions where even though they're making far more money than they might have ever expected when they were medical students, they're still almost living paycheck to paycheck because they've advanced their spending for schools and homes and other other things that all of a sudden have gobbled up all of their money. And so, yeah, really good advice. So we we often discuss emerging technologies on the podcast. So as it relates to your work, are there any tax advantages for clinicians that are investing in new technologies to help improve health outcomes in particular? And also along these lines for both consumers and practitioners, what are some of the financial benefits to leveraging new technologies in the health and wellness cycle. Yeah. Again, going back to just trying to make your life easier and help reduce stress, using technology to enhance your tax savings and just keep you collectively organized overall (laughs) is number one. That's very important. So using technologies, different apps and software such as QuickBooks Online to help keep track of your your income and your expenses it makes it so easy to categorize QuickBooks Online as the, the number one bookkeeping software in the industry. If you have to use payroll, then finding, don't do payroll yourself, please. I even don't like doing payroll. And this is something that we firm out. We use a company like Gusto or ADP, Paychecks, et cetera. It just makes it so much easier allowing them to do it. You set it up and you let it just roll yourself. I myself like to use Google Drive or Dropbox. I use Google Drive myself to keep track of my receipts. And so using that, like these are just a folder tree. I have 2023 receipts and then I have subfolders for each of the expense categories like advertising and travel and meals. And it's so easy to just take a picture, save that folder as a favorite and pop it into each of the the folders that you want to use or just save a PDF of the email that the email receipt that you might have received to go in and save it. So using that sort of technology really helps. And for like going and tracking mileage, you can use an app like MileIQ. That's super helpful. And that just tracks your mileage for you and creates a nice little mileage log. And for just tracking your personal finances, I like Monarch Money myself. And it's very easy, but there's so many out there. I think Mint just got closed down, but there's, I can't remember, was it personal capital? I can't remember the new name. I think they've re- rebranded or such. But using that to create a budget for yourself, even if it's not for a business, it's for your own personal use. It Find something that just works for you. That's the most important thing. And it doesn't matter what app you're using or just using a spreadsheet. If it works for you and you're making that organization happen, that's the most important thing. Great advice. So in closing, any final advice for those who want to stay connected to your work or learn more about what you do? And also, we're always interested in topical book recommendations, including your book and other types of content on the subject. So if you have any recommendations to share or things that might have been influential for you, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. If And if everybody would like to, to connect with us, you can just go to CerebralTaxAdvisors.com forward slash TechLink. And on there, there's a 
free tax planning checklist and expense tracker for healthcare professionals. This is just a list of things to think about and physician-related expenses just to be aware of, especially if you have a side gig. You can also check out my book, Advanced Tax Planning for Medical Professionals. It's available through Amazon. Or if you want white glove, high-level strategic tax planning, you can go through that link. You can go to Cerebral Tax Advisors to book a free tax discovery session. If you're more of a do-it-yourselfer when it comes to your tax planning, we also have Cerebral Wealth Academy, which talks a lot about the strategies that some of the strategies we discussed today that allows you to really create a plan for yourself. When it comes to books, besides my own book, of course, I love all of J.K. Lasser's book series. They're great for beginners and he has many books that cover various topics. And then also just Taxes Made Simple by Mike Piper. It's another great book just explaining the tax system. It's really important for you to understand just how am I being taxed? Because that really is the foundation for being able to create a great tax plan for yourself. Thank you so much for sharing that information. And we'll be sure to link in the show notes with the links that you provided. So I want to thank you again. Alexis Galati with Cerebral Tax Advisors has been our guest today. And thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Sarah. It was really great meeting you. And thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode. TechLink Health is a healthcare advisory platform for consumers and organizations to stay informed with the latest insights while connecting with healthcare experts for telehealth, e-consults, and consulting services. For more details, visit www.techlink.health.